Welcome to the Vulnerable Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Almeida. Each week, we'll share inspiring stories and tips on facing vulnerability and the lessons we can use to help us be able to find success and fulfillment in our own lives. With each episode, we hope to impact one listener. And if anything you've heard has impacted you, we'd appreciate you sharing it on social. Thank you for listening. Now let's get vulnerable. Veronica Tugaleva said, Emotional pain cannot kill you, but running from it can. Allow, embrace, let yourself feel, let yourself heal. This is episode 38 of the Vulnerable Podcast with Louis Serrano. His life was going as planned. He landed the six-figure career, bought a condo in Toronto, and was engaged to be married. Then in a matter of months, the company he was working for went bankrupt, and weeks before his wedding, the relationship would end. This landed him at where he thought was rock bottom, but it would end up being the catalyst to creating the future he wanted. Now he runs workshops through his company, Fundamentals of Play, to teach teams how to maximize their potential through play. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get vulnerable with Louis Serrano. Hey, Louis, thank you for coming on the Vulnerable Podcast. You were referred to me by our good friend, uh, Jose. Um, considering you were referred by him, I'm going to think that this is probably going to be an impactful one because his definitely was. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited that you decided to come on and, and share your story with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. So the first question I like to ask every guest is, what is your definition of vulnerability? Hmm. Um, it's a good question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to to me, I think it's uh, it resides in authenticity. Um, so. I think in life we play so many different roles and oftentimes we don't even realize that we're like wearing masks as we're playing certain roles that we think we need to be playing. Um, but when we feel our best is when we're being authentic with each other. And I think vulnerability is rooted in that fact because when you're being real and true to each other, you're not holding back, you're, you're kind of, uh, you know, you're opening up, you're revealing uh, everything that matters to you. Uh, that's what vulnerability is about no awesome and and everybody's definition is a little bit different and i think that's one of the things i enjoy about that question is because we each define it in our own specific way and and i couldn't agree more with your definition in terms of just being your authentic self and knowing who you are um i've heard that some similar things to that from a few other guests and and i couldn't agree more like i said so so thinking back on your own life what would you say would be your earliest memory of facing some sort of vulnerability or, or struggle Hmm. My earliest? Yeah, I mean, it's as far back as you want to go. <laughs> some people have gone back to like five years old and some um, people started in like high school. So it's completely up to you. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I guess I would say um, so in high school, uh, my, my parents uh, got separated. And um, I think that was definitely the first time that I remember going through like real you know, quote unquote life struggles, um, because obviously that affected me in a lot of numerous ways. Um, uh, you know, it, it was like, I'd say like a full year of kind of turmoil. Um, and on top of that, I think my, my first, uh, like long-term relationship ended at the same time. Um, so there's like a lot of things that were like pretty devastating to me at the time. And, um, it, 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 probably was the first time that I dealt with like, you know, a kind of deep sadness and then kind of real life out in the real world, you know, feelings and, and, uh, 
um, probably the first time I had to like evoke some type of resiliency in my life as well. Interesting. So what would you say, if you can think back to that, what helped you sort of get through that time? What helped you sort of, I want to say overcome it, because I don't know if we necessarily overcome those things, but like what helped you get through that, that, that rough point? Honestly, it was, um, it was a struggle from, for the most part. Um, uh, once, you know, I think what eventually did help was, um, and so this was like senior year of high school. And then I eventually went to university and I kind of, you know, went out on my own and met all these new friends and it was this kind of new adventure for me. Um, so that definitely kind of reignited me, uh, and, and, the autonomy of that situation, but also the, the adventure of, you know, creating all these new connections and friendships and new experiences. Um, that was kind of breathe a new life into. No, for sure. So was it like, did you go to university like outside of where you were from or something like that? Cause it sounds like from what you were saying, it was like a new adventure, a new place that took you outside of the situation. Was it somewhere that was like away from home sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I moved away, um, for the first time on my own. Um, and it was, a, it was about an hour away. So I mean, it still was close enough to my family, but I was also kind of you know, experiencing on my own kind of thing. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So what new strength would you say you discovered in yourself, you know, from that situation? What, what did it present in you that, that you learned? Was it resilience, which you spoke about a few minutes ago, or was it something else that you sort of discovered? Um, it was probably about like, uh, independence, self kind of preservation kind of thing uh, <laughs> <laughs> like just the first time that I was on my own figuring things out on my own sustaining myself um and that that was like uh, I built my confidence and just being able to do that and, and knowing that I could I guess you know change my own future and like I didn't always have to be at the end result of um what was happening in my life. Like I, I didn't have to let that dominate my life, if that makes sense. So it didn't have to, I taking control of my life versus life happening to me. And something I've heard uh, again, quite a bit recently is that like, uh, we tend to sort of let our surroundings control how our life is going, whether it be the people that are around us, or, you know, in this case, in today's world, it's social media and stuff like that. We tend to let a lot of the things sort of that surround us control our emotions, control what we do, um, and learning how to sort of be self-aware and, and have more control of your own life tends to be something that a lot of people talk about in, in moving forward and, and getting to where you want to be in life. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I think those are great examples in terms of just gaining independence and stuff like that. Cause I think some of us, I mean, for me, for example, I don't think I gained much of that until I moved out and got married when I was like 25, <laughs> because before that I was, you know, so living at home. Then even when I went to college, I went to uh, downtown Toronto and I lived with my grandmother who every morning, you know, breakfast was made and everything like that. So I don't think it was until I actually moved out of my house and, and was living with my wife till I sort of started to gain that independence. But I could see how if I had maybe done a little sooner, it maybe would benefit uh, my life moving forward. So, I mean, you, you talked to usually the next question I would ask is, is sort of how, what the emotional toll of these situations and things took on you. But I think you already sort of touched on that earlier on when you said, you know, that the, the turmoil of your parents' separation and the ending of your relationship sort of put you in sort of a, a darker place, a little bit of sadness and stuff like that. 
So uh, instead of moving into that question, because you sort of already answered it, would you say there's any other examples that you can give to our listeners of, of you know, vulnerability and struggles that you faced uh, moving up to this point in your life? Yeah, totally. So um, that, that's probably like the first and the earliest example. Um, but the, the biggest, especially in terms of like catalyst of like who I am today and what I do um, is, uh, I guess, it's about three and a half years ago now. Um, uh, at the time, I kind of had everything going for me or what I thought was like everything going for me. Um, I, so I was in the corporate world. I had a great job. I just got uh, promoted. Um, I was making six figures. I bought a condo downtown Toronto on the waterfront. Um, I was engaged to be married and, uh, you know, I can reflect back on it now, but at the time I was like so proud of all these things and I, and all my worth was tied to these external things, right? Mm-hmm. So I was so proud to have this like beautiful fiance to have this condo downtown Toronto to be making six figures. Um, and then in a matter of months, it all crumbled. Um, like less than two months, I, I lost my job. So I was working for Target Canada. So, oh, you know, yeah. So yeah, yeah. they came, came to Canada, left pretty quickly. So they went bankrupt in Canada. So lost my job. Um, I, uh, I, my family members also lost their job like within weeks of each other. So my brother, my father, um, and kind of took a toll on all of us. And on top of that, you know, I was looking for a new job and in my eyes that was going to be my fresh start. And it was way harder than I ever thought it'd be. It was like eight months of searching and getting rejected. Um, on top of that, I had a friend that passed away, uh, from university and then, uh, to, cherry on top uh, my relationship crumbled um weeks before my wedding date oh wow so yeah um so it was kind of the it rains it pours kind of thing and um that obviously took a toll and you know even at one point there was one specific day actually when i thought uh, i was gonna get my fresh start so after eight months of interviews I thought I had a new job. And in my mind, again, this is my fresh start when I can start new. And the day before I get that offer, I go online. And the first uh, thing I see on Facebook is that that company had also gone bankrupt. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so I go outside for a bike ride. And I don't even like bike rides, but I, I just I had to get out. And I take a few pedals. And then it just starts pouring rain on me. And I think I sat there on the bike for like five minutes and I was just doing this weird laugh cry thing because I didn't know what else to do. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and again, just looking back now, I think that was kind of like the first time where maybe a switch went off in my brain. Um, kind of the same realization, but probably more pronounced uh, as my previous example where um, like A, this sucks, but B, hopefully this is um, kind of rock bottom for me. Uh, and hopefully there's nowhere to go but up, but up. But also, what if this is an opportunity to like change things up, reinvent myself, and focus on the things that I want to focus on, instead of just focusing on the things that um, to please other people or what mm-hmm. I thought I should be doing. Which you know, in hindsight, that's what I was doing. I was kind of leading my life blindly um, to what I thought I should be doing, and it wasn't even aligned to the things that I really wanted or the things that I truly valued. And so that was kind of the catalyst. And then from there, you know, I, I started doing anything and everything I thought that could help me. So I was doing therapy. I bought a puppy. I hired a life coach. 
um, I started joining clubs and things that I loved doing, but I'd stopped like improv, for example, and all those things combined uh, to kind of just get me going again and not only get me going, but get me going in line with my values and what I truly mattered to me. Um, and so that became the catalyst for eventually, you know, I, I left the corporate world. I started doing like these workshops uh, with play and personal development um, with friends and family. And that eventually turned into a company. Um, you know, now that's my company right now. It's called Fundamentals of Play. And, um, you know, my values of which I discovered were around like play, learning and helping other people, which I hadn't been doing any of that. Uh, suddenly became kind of my focus and everything suddenly felt aligned with, you know, what truly mattered to me. So I just, cause I, I couldn't really see the, like understand the window there just cause it, it, it was, so you said three and a half years ago, this is when this all happened, but what was the window of time when like everything it's out, was it eight months or was it about a year when everything, cause I, I'm just standing here going, like three and a half years ago, I lost my job, but then that was pretty much like the, the, the finishing point of like the horrible things that happened in, in that, that year. But for you, it seemed like there was quite a bit piled on top of each other. What was sort of the timeline? Just cause I want to understand. Yeah. So uh, like this, when everything happened was probably between four years to three and a half years ago. Um, then I went through a severe depression and that probably lasted a, about a full year. Um, but within that year is when I was doing all those things and slowly, you know, helping myself out of it. Um, and then the last three years I've owned my, and operated my business and kind of, uh, focused on those values. Okay. So yeah, like what I was trying to, I guess, get at was that it was about a year when between like, or when everything sort of fell apart is what I was trying to understand. So from like yeah. losing your job to sort of the, the, the fiance and everything, all that happened within a year's time, just because again, you know, I'm not trying to compare it to my situation or anybody else's, but I just wanted to get an idea because I think a lot of people, you know, they think like, you know, uh, they go through a couple months of a downturn and they're like, wow, this is the worst thing in the world. But then, you know, when you sort of, look at everything that happened to you over that year and then yet you were able to sort of turn it all around pretty quickly and, and from what it sounds like i mean obviously your business has been around for three years but if you only lost your job three and a half to four years ago you were able to rebound pretty quickly and i think that's an important thing to bring up simply because again i think a lot of us can sort of get you know whether it's the negative self-talk or down on ourselves and just never sort of, of turn it around um, you know, but for, from the sounds of it, you were able to, and pretty, pretty successfully, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely the hardest period of my life for sure. And, uh, you know, I, I remember feeling so lost, so confused, not knowing what to do at all. Um, and the first catalyst for me was uh, admitting it to myself and admitting it to those close to me. Um, you know, as soon as I told my family about it, you know, the love and support they gave me kind of you know, gave me the encouragement to kind of start seeking stuff. And, you know, that also gave me the encouragement to share with like a close friend or two. And like, and then they like blew my mind how supportive they were and how above and beyond they, they acted as friends. Right. And um, yeah, sometimes you, I think you underestimate the, the power of a sharing with others, but B that the support and help you can get from them as well. No, for sure. I mean, one thing that I trend, tend to try and bring up to people uh, as of recently, as of the last sort of, I guess, eight to 10 months of my life, um, you know, I, I was, I would say I was similar to you, you know, like I basically went through the first, you know, 
working years of my life from about 17 till maybe about 30 where I was just constantly chasing like the goals of a, a better title a better salary you know what society tells us is the way to go you know I was in sales for all those years and it was just constantly you know I'm trying to become a sales manager trying to make 100 grand a year I'm trying to do all this and then when I lost my job three and a half years ago is when I started to sort of make a shift but then it wasn't until the last year or so where I realized that you know, the, the shifts that I was trying to make were still kind of tied to what society tells you. Like I was trying to talk about, you know, being successful and this and that. And at the end of the day, what I realized is that success is sort of one of those things that everybody has to define differently and you have to define for yourself. And it's really not the most important thing that we can chase. What we, what I think we should be chasing is more fulfillment in our lives. And I think part of that comes from, like you just said, the people that you surround yourself with. So like I call it my circle, you know, and, and I reason I use a circle is because it's a closed loop and there's maybe about four or five people that I really think I can count on in my life right now. One of them being my wife and a couple others being, you know, close friends of mine. But aside from that, you know, I think the other people that you may surround yourself with, sure, they can be acquaintances and friends, but it's that core circle, like you just said, that is really going to be there for you and support you and push you forward. Totally. Yeah. Agreed. Oh, so, so, um, you know, what would you like if you could sort of take everything that's happened to you from, you know, that that sort of in high school stage when your parents separated to these things that you went through over the last few years of your life? How would you say all of it? You know, you, you kept saying the word catalyst there, but if you could sort of define a little, how would you say it's all helped you get to where you are right now with your business, with everything that you're doing? Like, it, was it again, what you talked about earlier, the resilience that you needed to, to get to this place? Or is there something else that you would say helped you? How it all helped you? Yeah, I think, I think two things. Like it, 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 it forced me to focus on myself first of all, um, which I had never done, um, especially in this this last example over three and a half years ago. Um, because up until that point, again, I was kind of just leading my life, kind of just. For example, I went to business school because my brother went to business school. I just blindly followed. Um, I, you know, everything I was doing was because, uh, you know, I think you kind of mentioned too, like you get a a bit more money or you get a better job and suddenly that feels better. Uh, But then you want more. And so (laughs) I was on this like, right, you're on this constant treadmill of wanting more and more and more and you're never really satisfied. But I was just blindly continuing that anyway. So what all this does did was it forced me to focus on myself um, and, uh, number one was like realizing that the biggest invest it sounds so cheesy and i remember hearing it when i said when other people would say it i would think it's cheesy but now i believe in that so much of just investing in yourself right whatever that is um really that's the best investment that you can make and so through everything i did that i mentioned um especially working with like a life coach for example I got to discover what my values are, what really matters to me in my life. And am I doing, am I incorporating it into my life? And what I discovered was, A, I had no idea what my values were. And B, I wasn't incorporating them at all. That's why for like, you know, 15 years of my career, I always felt like this weird dissonance, like something wasn't right. Um, And as soon as I aligned that, it, it all changed. It was like night and day. So like, the power of knowing your values and living through them, I think is so important. Um, and probably the second teaching or second concept uh, is, is what I really, I base my like focus on right now is play. Uh, and the way that I define play is 
uh, doing more and incorporating more of the things that you love into your life. Because I think too often we focus on the things that don't um, just because, you know, we, we feel we have to, or, you know, there's actually stats around it. We spend over 80% of our time on things that give us uh, no joy, no happiness, no long-term fulfillment. So, you know, you can make a laundry list of what that is. <laughs> House, household chores, a job you hate, um, people you don't like, you know? Um, so, so my philosophy on, on life and what I try and help others do as well is flip that stat. How do you instead focus on 80% of the things that you do give you long-term joy, fulfillment, joy, and happiness? And what does that look like? Um, and that's how I try to lead my life. And it's, it's, it's literally, you feel the dramatic shift uh, of the effects of that. No, again, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I've never looked at it as the word play, but you know, when I lost that job, one thing I started doing was writing articles and I hadn't done writing for years. I, you know, I used to write poetry and stuff like that when I was in my younger years, like teenage or or late teens to like early twenties. And then when I lost that job at like 30 years old, a a friend of mine asked like, what did you enjoy doing? He made me sort of look back and reflect on things that I enjoyed at one point in my life when bills and all that sort of stuff, like you're talking about the 80% of things that don't really matter. And I said to him, writing, and he's like, well, so then start writing. And I was like, you're right. <laughs> and so yeah. I sat down, and I think we had a goal of like 300 words in a week, and I wrote like 1,500 words in an hour, and I published one of my first articles to LinkedIn like a few days yeah, later. Nice. And I was like, wow, okay, this feels good. And and that's the only reason I did it. And, you know, again, I, I think that, like I said, I never looked at it as play, but I've definitely noticed an increase in just how I feel when I do things that I'm just doing for the joy of it. I mean, this podcast is one of them. I make zero sense from doing this podcast, but I enjoy it because I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy learning. And, and I hope that, you know, my goal, what it, what it, which I've said a few times, is that I impact one listener per episode. Um, because if I can do that, then I'm doing for me, that's like the uh, the best thing. Like for me to just impact one person means the world to me because I think that a lot of us, when we go through these struggles and these vulnerabilities, we get stuck in them and we don't tr- we don't tend to learn anything from them. And I think there's a lot of lessons that we can pull from them. And your you know your examples here today have been you know a great example of that. One thing that you did touch on, and and I just want to sort of get into a bit more if if you don't mind because it's a subject that I constantly hear hear coming up is things like therapy and life coaches like. Uh, you know, some people are totally against it. Some people are, you know, think it's the best thing ever from, from what it sounds like, that's what really helped you the most. Um, yeah. If you just don't mind sort of touching on it a bit more, like you said that your life coach helped you find your values, but was there something else about it that really helped you just sort of, and why you would suggest it maybe to others? Because again, I just would like for my listeners to have an idea. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, it kind of goes back to, again, pre all of this happening to me, I was probably one of the most skeptical of like any of this stuff. So, so my older brother, he's like, he's always been into kind of self-development. Um, and he was one of the big pushers when I was in this funk to like get me to do some of this stuff. Um, but I always just, I saw value in it, but I also thought it was kind of like fluff, you know, yeah, yeah. like high in the sky type stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, at least what, I loved about when I started doing this stuff, uh, especially like the life coaching stuff that I did. Uh, I guess two things. So one, um, it was rooted in uh, positive psychology, which is, it's a science, just yeah. like psychology is just a newer science. Um, but it was rooted in like research studies on the science of happiness, the science of fulfillment, basically how to lead a thriving life. Uh, there was like practical tools and things that you can implement into your life, which I started doing. 
and which I saw like immediate effects from. Um, and just kind of having the knowledge behind it versus it just being like a pie in the sky, you know, you should do this or like this, you know, for example, like I think a really good one, which I do believe in by the way now, but <laughs> I think it's presented sometimes pie in the sky is like the secret, you know, yeah, yeah. the secret. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Um, like it, there's no necessarily like backbone to it in terms of like, this is why it's more like pie in the sky, but it's true. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so when I started doing this with the research back and having that knowledge and then seeing the effects, um, I was like, oh man, there's something to this. And as I started doing it more and more, and uh, you know, now I'm a life coach too, and I teach other people this, I see the dramatic shifts and transformations that I can create. That's one. Two, the other thing I think that I learned is it is, I don't want to say impossible, but really, really hard to make a big change or transformation in your own life on your own. Um, and uh, if it, you know, I, I think you have to do it with someone else. And that could be a really good friend. That could be, you know, a sibling or someone in your family, whoever it is. Um, but they have to be committed to it. Yeah. Right. And uh, just as much as you are, because change won't happen otherwise. And so not everyone has that person that can commit to that level. And so that's often where the role comes in for like a coach or a therapist or that type of thing. Um, and I think, again, that's especially for like transformational change. Uh, I think it's so necessary to have that third party because you're too in your head. You're too close to the weeds kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's so easy to get lost in it. And so a third party, especially if they have like the knowledge and the tools behind it, um, they can help you kind of see the light, see where you can make the shift, see, uh, point you in the direction of like, well, obviously this is important to you, right? Like your eyes lit up when you talk about <laughs> it. Um, and you're like, and, and just having that person like telling you that stuff, you're like, oh my God, yeah. Like it's, it's simpler than I thought. Like I, I, I was just too in my head about it. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I guess I strongly believe in like having, um, a third party per se or whatever you want to call it to, to help you through it um and then also i personally just really like having kind of more concreteness behind the what can appear kind of fluffy stuff yeah so it seems to me like the the thing that really i guess attracted you to it when you did decide to do it was the fact that there was some sort of science behind it so i guess if somebody else is looking into it maybe just make sure that whoever you're choosing is is aligned with something that you believe in it seems like that's an important part yeah. of it because there are a ton of coaches out there and i think some of them you know get away with the whole like using really good you know advertising on facebook or whatever it might be and um to get to get their their sort of their clientele but i guess what you're saying is just make sure whoever you choose or when you do decide to go down that road that you're aligned with the way that they work or or what they're using as their sort of uh, skill set and in your case it was uh, positive psychology and that was something that because there was a science behind it there were studies behind it you had enough that the the pie in the sky stuff was able to sort of be put aside a little bit so you weren't so caught up in that those those type of thoughts 100 percent, yeah and i think you nailed it because like that worked for me right because that resonated with me but it that wouldn't necessarily be the one that resonates with everyone. So it's, yeah, it's essentially making sure that it's aligned to what would work with you. And, you know, if you do a program like that, or if you hire a life coach or a therapist or whatever, I think the other thing is like, you have to be all in. Cause if you're not all in, there's no point. Just don't do it. Yeah. Cause the change <laughs> only happens if you do it 
like if you fully do it. Uh, and if you do fully do it, that's where like, you know, the full transfer, like a brand new life can be born essentially. Um, you know, especially if you're in, in that rut or you're looking for that change. Yeah. Um, you have to be fully committed. That's the only way. No, and again, I can sort of, I can relate, you know, when I, I'm working with a coach, you know, on and off, I, I don't work with them steadily right now, but um, I can relate to the point when you said like where your eyes lit up. Cause I remember one of the first conversations we ever had, he was just told, he just basically said like, tell me what you're, what you're doing in life. And I rattled on about business and this and that, and all these other things that I was doing. And, and then, you know, he said, okay, so, you know, if, if you were to lose all those things tomorrow, like, would it matter to you? And I'm like, I don't know. And he goes, well, what is the thing that if you were to lose tomorrow would like destroy you? And I was like, my wife. And he goes, well, why didn't she come up in that conversation whatsoever? And I was like, holy cow, he's right. And then, you know, he, he, he asked me about my wife and my relationship and the same thing. He like looked at me, he goes, that that's what you need to focus on right now. He's like, you know, aside from all these other things, your business and all these things that you want to do, he's like, you need to focus on your relationship. Cause when you talked about her, you could see that, you know, the, it was rooted in, you know, like just, everything about you is rooted in that relationship. And like, if you, like you said, if, if she was gone, nothing else would survive anyways. And it, it turned my relationship around complete, like 360 from where it was. And the other thing I really learned from him is prioritization, which it sounds like you sort of mentioned as well, just in a different way is like that we have to really learn what our priorities are because otherwise we're just sort of, like you said, doing the 80% of things that don't matter. Totally. Yeah. I like the, and that, the, Maybe you've seen it, the Stephen Covey, the Big Rock theory. Is is that you know he's the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People? Yeah, yeah. I haven't read it yet, but I know of him. But yeah. No, but there's a there's a famous video actually. If any okay. listeners want to check it out too, but it's uh it's called the Big Rock Theory, I think. Um, but essentially, you know, nutshell, he has a jar, and he at first time he puts in all the small rocks, all these small rocks. Um, sand and small rocks and that represents like all the things that we end up doing in our life that kind of the things that are unfulfilling right yeah. tasks chores job we hate um and then he tried to put in the big rocks and that's the things that are important to us like you know the people the things we love and they don't fit um but then he empties it out and he does the opposite he puts the, the big rocks in first and then he puts in the sand and the small rocks uh, the same amount, but then it all fits. And why it fits is because you prioritize the big ones and all the small ones just fit in the little holes in between, right? And that's what's important. <laughs> I think it's a beautiful analogy for, for the power of prioritizing the things that matter to you. No, I've, I've, I think I've seen that video, but I've never quite seen it in that way. And I think part of that's just because in the past, I was probably like you where I thought a lot of that stuff was sort of woo-woo and like pie in the sky and, you know, you don't believe in it as much. But now that I've sort of opened myself up to a lot more things, I, I tend to see things differently as well. But I'm definitely going to check that one out. And my listeners, if you're interested, you know, check it out too, because it sounds like it can definitely give you some perspective. And perspective is a, a huge thing in life, I think, at, at this point, I whether it's, you know, I, I don't know, I could go on for days I think about perspective because a lot of things have sort of hit me over the last little while things like you know the having a more perspective on on death which sometimes sounds a little bit you know dark to people but I think it's something that also if you look at it properly can make you realize that we don't live forever and that there's going to be an, an end point and that we need to sort of move on the things that we want in life and when you bring that perspective into life constantly it's a great reminder at least for me I, I have an app that literally sends me five quotes a day that 
are focused on death, which again, sounds really dark, but it's, it's pretty awesome because you open up your phone, you get this notification and it's like, you, you read this quote and you're like, yeah, you know what? I have to start thinking about these things that are important to me rather than, you know, the mundane parts about, uh, of life. So, um, but yeah, I, I like that analogy as well. Nice. Yeah, I so agree. would you say at this point uh, in your life and your career, would you say that you found success and fulfillment or would you say that you're still on your journey towards that? Um, definitely still on my journey. Um, and I don't think you ever, I don't think you ever reach it. That's the whole point. Right? Um, I think the fulfillment comes from the journey. Um, because this, this is what I always uh, tell clients that I work with. Uh, like you, you need a goal or whatever you want to call it, like things that you're working towards to give you the direction. Um, but like happiness, fulfillment, all that stuff, it's not when you reach it. Cause that what happens normally is you reach it and you're like, okay, now what? Um, <laughs> right. That's what happened. Like even before when I was blindly, you know, I'd get a promotion. Amazing. And then two weeks later, I'm like, Oh, I need more money. Um, <laughs> right. But the, the, the fulfillment is when you have a direction and you're leading your life, through your values in a way that fulfills you, right? So that's what I think I'm doing right now. And that's why I feel great. And that, yes, I definitely feel fulfilled, but you know, have I reached like success or eternal happiness? Uh, I wouldn't say that, uh, but I'm, I'm on my journey doing that and being fulfilled and happy and joyful in the process. Um, and I think that's what's important. Uh, especially I think because if, if not, it's, it's, I think it's dangerous to put like so much weight on finding that, you know, one thing that's yeah. going to give you everything. Um, because that, I think that just paralyzes people. Um, it's more important to just know the way you want to live and who you want to be and then lead a life through that, uh, and head, head in the direction of, you know, uh, something you might want to achieve, but you, you're probably going to be pitted constantly. Right. And I am too. Like my, my business, for example, has evolved like eight times, <laughs> um, but it's still under the same umbrella of the values that I hold so, so true to my heart. Kind of thing. No. And, and again, the reason I asked that question is because it's a, sort of the same as the first one in terms of like, I like each guest to define it differently. And, and, and for me, I agree with, you, you know, success is one of those things that unfortunately I think society has defined to find it in a very specific way in terms of you know the type of car that you drive the size of your house and all these sort of things but i think that we all need to start like you said defining it a little bit differently and not making it such a you know it's that one thing or those those things or these material things necessarily it's more of just like a, having that goal of what you want to achieve in your life and that might not necessarily have nothing to do with money or or any of those things that i just brought up um and yeah i i, I mean again, each, each guest has been a different answer and a different sort of way of looking at it. And that's again, why I ask it. Cause I, I yesterday I had an interview and I had a guy, a guy basically say to me, like, oh, I don't really like that question. Cause I think you're defining it too much. And I was like, well, the funny part is, is I'm not trying to define it at all. I'm trying to like get out of you what you look at it. And, and again, this is so that when listeners are listening, they can maybe relate to your definition or your way of looking at it and it'll help them sort of move forward. Because again, I think everybody looks at it differently. I've had some people say, yes, they've achieved both and, and they're good. And like, if they were to die tomorrow, like they'd be happy with where they're at. And I've had people like you, where you say that, you know, in terms of fulfillment, I feel very fulfilled, but there's still goals and things that I want to achieve. So again, I, I like the fact that everybody can sort of look at that in a different way. 
Totally. So I'm down to uh, the last question really. And then, you know, the next, the final thing is just more of an opportunity for you to sort of talk more about yourself. But the last question I ask every guest is, you know, if they were to listen back to this episode, people, lis- listeners were to listen back to this episode, there's a ton of takeaways that they can take from your journey and the things that you've learned throughout the, 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 these years of your life. But if you could give our listeners three key takeaways from your journey, three things that they could write down, maybe act on tomorrow or next week or whatever, that could help them with their journey and getting through the vulnerabilities and struggles that they're facing, what would you say your three key takeaways would be? Hmm. Um, uh, so the first two, I, I guess I would reiterate because um, I think there are two things I strongly believe in. Uh, one is uh, focusing on yourself or investing in yourself. Um, and so again, I think that can look different ways for different people, right? It, that it's whatever it means to you. Uh, that could be, it's not just money, by the way, like a lot of times people think like investing in yourself is like a financial commitment. It's time, it's energy, it's your commitment to yourself. Um, and you know, you, it doesn't have to, you don't have to be like, everything doesn't have to fall apart for you to do that. Um, you can be proactive and, and be doing that constantly. Like I think the main function on earth is how do you keep improving and being a better person um, to those around you and, and for yourself, right? So why not have that focus? Um, especially if you're having challenges and you look, you know, if you feel something's off, that's probably the call uh, or the <laughs> alarm clock for you to focus on yourself and invest in yourself. Um, so that's number one. Number two is the whole play mindset, uh, which again, I think is different for anyone. Um, so it's what things matter to you? What things really do you value? give you joy, give you that fulfillment. Um, if you have no idea, I think the first job is to invest in yourself and start discovering those. Uh, and then if you do have a sense, start to prioritize them just like with the big rock kind of theory. Um, so that's number two. Number three, I'd say, um, uh, I, I just keep it simple, like be good to one another, like look out for <laughs> each other. Um, like it's, it's so simple, right? Like there's so much stuff going out on in the world and um you know times are changing with like technology and social media and all that stuff and but it, it it's just so simple like just be kind of another look out for each other um and uh and i think that's you know that's how you can create a better world within your own world within the larger context as well no, solid three. And I like the last one because I don't think I've had anybody else say something like that in terms of just being good to each other. I mean, I think a lot of people focus on three things like for yourself, which I, I, you know, I have to say one thing that has come up in previous episodes is that you have to sort of focus on you first. And I think that's why yours even just chronologically makes sense because if you're not good with yourself, if you're not in a good place yourself, that third one is next to impossible to do because you can't really expect to give something to people that you don't even have yourself. So, um, but again, solid three from you so the last thing like i said isn't really um a question it's more of just an opportunity for you to promote yourself whatever you're up to whatever you've got coming up or let people know how to find you how to connect with you um you know the best ways to to get a hold of you so yeah if you want to do that go ahead the floor is yours cool yeah um i mean the the main way is probably through my website which is fundamentalsofplay.ca i'm also on social media um your handle fundamentals of play as well i think there's underscores in there um but my my main focus right now is uh two things so one um i do a lot of team corporate um 
team building on the corporate side, um, but I focus on teams that A, like fun and play, and B, really value like personal and professional development. Um, so if you're in an organization that you know values that and you feel like you could benefit from that, you can check out my website, contact me. Um, and secondly, I'm a life coach, as I mentioned as well. So I, I help individuals essentially make those transformations similar to, you know, what I experienced. Um, so if you're in a funk or if you feel like something's off that you need to change or, you know, maybe it's a near direction, but you don't know where to go. Um, I suggest looking into, as I said, like a, a third party help. And I, I could be an option if we're a good fit. So you can check me out on, on my website, which is, again, it's fundamentalsofplay.ca. Perfect. Well, I'll definitely put that in the show notes. I'll throw your website in there um, and your, your social handles for fundamentals of play and probably your, your one, so your social handle for Instagram, which I have that works for you. Um, and yeah. And then like I said, people can reach out to you, but uh, again, thank you for coming on. Um, you know, I, I really don't know what to expect with a lot of these interviews, especially when I get referrals, because I don't know as much about the person. But like I said, being the fact that Jose um, referred you, I had a good feeling and, and you definitely, uh, definitely surprised me a bit. And, and you have a great story of just sort of that resilience and, and everything that you need to sort of get out of that funk. And, and, I, and I hope my listeners are going to be impacted by it. I definitely was because I think you're probably one of the people that I relate with most in terms of just how things have happened. I mean, it's our timelines seem pretty close. <laughs> I mean, you've come a lot further in the last few years. And again, I don't want to get into the whole comparison thing, but it's just, you know, it's, it's great to see that, you know, we can, no matter how, you know, bad it gets or, or how much happens to us, we can still make it out and get to where we want to be. And, and your story was a great example of that. So thank you for coming on and sharing so openly. Awesome. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks. Take care. See ya. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and follow the podcast on Instagram at vulnerable.podcast or on Facebook and LinkedIn. You can also follow me, Brian Almeida, by searching my name on all platforms. If the podcast has impacted you in any way, I would also greatly appreciate a review. Lastly, if you know anyone with a great story of going from struggle to success, I would love to have them on. Thank you and see you next week.